0: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always think we're going to be right to the, the end. I mean, <laughs> I think we can get to the tournament. That's We have to think that way. Sometimes people will go later, they'll go, well, he thought there could be a tournament team, and they're not, so he didn't know what he was doing. Well, no, I mean,
1: I... Yeah, what are you going to say?
0: He's you know, like, no. <laughs> you never are going to say, well, no, our team can't get to the tournament. <laughs> you always think you can get there. That's that's just the way you have to think. And that's still how I think you can think. As the the season really starts tomorrow for Syracuse, considering they did not pick up a non-conference win of note, particularly in the eyes of the net rankings, the committee, the stuff that really matters. Boy, the opportunities are going to start coming hot and heavy here, starting with Virginia tomorrow. It's a 5 o'clock tip. Our pregame coverage at 4 o'clock here and the postgame to follow on QSportsTalk.com exclusively. And, of course, the game over on TK99, so we got you fully covered for action tomorrow. Now, I think we kind of know about this Virginia team, but I still wanted to get a perspective from someone who really knows and is watching day by day and is closer to the situation than we are here. So uh, joining us, first time on the show, a pleasure to have him from Wahoos247. You can follow him on Twitter for all the latest on Virginia, as it should. He does a great job doing a tale of the tape on this matchup and covering all things Virginia. Let's welcome in Brandon Osborne with us here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Brandon, how you doing, bud? Doing good. And, uh, appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on with us here today. And. It's funny, in this world of college sports these days, Brandon, where you see a lot of players come and go in the transfer portal and things are looking different, and it's like, uh, not Virginia. (laughs) They brought back 91% of their scoring from last year. So Uh, you guys seem to be singing the same tune down there. How much of an advantage has that been for Tony Bennett that he's got a lot of the same uh, familiar faces around?
1: Well, the continuity is certainly a a huge plus for him. You know, you don't have to get guys adjusted, especially to – the pack line defense, which it it usually takes about a, a year to even two years for guys to fully grasp it and pick it up. So you didn't have to go through any rough patches with guys figuring out their places, where to be at. But at the same time, last year was certainly a down season by Virginia standards, especially under Tony Bennett. So the guys really had to work on their games, especially offensively. And to start off, we saw a lot of improvements. Kihei Clark, Reese Beekman, the, the backcourt pairing was really gelling. They were hitting their three-point shots. Um, they had a little bit of a, a, a spell, if you will, around the Florida State James Madison time where they weren't hitting as well, and then they had the Beekman injury. He had the ankle sprain against Michigan, and then followed it up with the hamstring pull against Florida State. So, getting him back to that level he was at is certainly important as well. But, you know, like like you said, when you bring back everybody, they know their roles, they know where they need to be, and they know how to really just come together and achieve what Bennett wants to see out of them on the court.
0: I wanted to ask about that, Brandon, because Virginia kind of reminds me of like, you know, you you got a favorite restaurant and you you can count on it. You're going to go, you're going to order the thing you love to order. You're going to get it. And it's just going to be great. And then you last year was the situation where you go and you're like, Oh, wait, this, no, this is not, this is not good. This is not what I expected. Right. It was, even though the recipe was the same, Virginia didn't live up to its usual standards. So, Are we just? You mentioned the pack-line defense. Is just Tony Bennett doing what he's doing this year, or have you seen some adjustments maybe because last year didn't live up to what Virginia expects?
1: Well, I definitely think they've made some changes. Um, Offensively, uh, he mentioned over the summer that they had added some elements from European-style offenses that they kind of were, I guess, uh, studying while they were doing their overseas tour in Italy. And I think you've seen um, a more more attention to attacking and dishing, whether it's uh, somebody driving and looking for Gardner or Cedric down low for an easy finish or kicking it out to one of the three-point shooters, namely like Franklin or the freshman McNeely. But I think the biggest thing for Tony going into the season was getting the defense back on track. I mean, last year was really just a down year. Uh, You know, if you go by Ken Palm, the defense ranked 59th last year. And normally, you know, a Tony Bennett team is very well – at least a top 20 team usually when it comes to Kempom ratings on defensive efficiency. So I think the biggest thing for him was guys improving their outside shooting so that t- defenses couldn't just key on the paint, but also for the defense to really just take a step towards what he, he normally gets out of his players.
0: Brandon, uh, take me back to that Pittsburgh game. I actually watched the second half of the game and, and saw Pitt just storm back and outscore Virginia. What, I think it was like 45, 32 in that half, and you know, yeah, credit to Pitt. You know, the Oakland Zoo's back, and that team has been terrible in recent years. But it, it feels like they they hit the transfer portal, and you know, we saw Syracuse play a two point game against them recently. But take me through the swings of that game and why Pitt was able to take it the way they did in the second half.
1: Uh, like you said, it was it was almost shocking to see Tony Bennett UVA defense just carved up left and right. I mean, there's been times where teams have scored on them at will, but it's usually always been just great shooting, you know, good offense beating, good defense. But this was just breakdowns, mistakes, guys getting beat off the dribble. I mean, in that second half, uh, Pittsburgh had 30 possessions, and they scored on 21 of those 30. Virginia only held them nine times to not, not getting any points. And out of those nine times, none of them were turnovers. It was all missed shots and Virginia getting rebounds. They scored 1.5 points per possession, which in the first half, they were scoring less than .8. So, I mean, you're doubling what you were doing in the first half. And, I mean, it could have been even worse. Pitt was 10 of 15 on layups in the second half and one on, one out of three on dunks. I mean, it could have actually been even worse than the 45 points they hung up on him. And it was just breakdowns, miscues. I think a big part of it also was um, Virginia was without their backup center, Cafaro. Mm. And it just seemed like Ben Vanderplass and Jaden Gardner, they just they could not keep up with Pitt's athleticism and as well as their toughness, you know, Vanderplas especially seemed to, to struggle with the physicality. And, you know, like I said, Shedrick was, I think the key, I think if Bennett had gotten him more play time in that second half, maybe the result would have been different. Cause when he was on the bench from about that 10 minute mark to about the three minute mark, that's when Pitt really flipped the script from a, a 12 point deficit early on to a, you know, a 19 to three run that turned it into a five point lead for them. and, was really the the catalyst behind them holding on for that victory.
0: Brandon Osborne joining us here, uh, talking all things Virginia. Make sure you follow him on Twitter and uh, check out Wahoo's 247 for coverage of Virginia here. So let me throw a scenario at you because you said center, and that made me certainly wanted to ask about Jesse Edwards and what you think this match will play out. But let me give you a scenario here. So Jesse is one of the best centers in the ACC, consistent, uh, double-double guy, tough to guard, Uh, His one bugaboo is if he gets into foul trouble, it, it, it creates a lot of issues for Syracuse. Now, Jesse's had to carry so much weight, Brandon, because Syracuse forwards Chris Bell and Benny Williams are allergic to rebounding. So there's so much emphasis put on his shoulders. Hearing all this and how Virginia plays and their scenario in the paint, what's that matchup like for Jesse against Virginia and Virginia against Jesse?
1: You know, I'm actually glad you mentioned that because um, I really love Jesse Edwards' game, and I don't know, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think him and Shedrick are so much alike. They're both six yes. eleven. They're both two hundred thirty pounds. They're really nimble bigs. They're great at you know catching lobs, blocking shots, anchoring the defense, the rebounding. I think they're so much alike that I think both teams are going to go into tomorrow's game and look to attack to try to get them in foul trouble. Because like you said, if Virginia can get Edwards off the court, that's a huge win. That, I mean, rebounding, defense, block shots, that, you're losing a lot when you lose Edwards. And then vice versa, it's the same with UVA and Shedrick. If Syracuse attacks and gets him off the floor, they don't have their backup center, Cafaro. He was in a boot on Tuesday. I highly doubt he plays tomorrow. So you're looking at Vanderplass and Gardner being your bigs. And uh, Gardner's a great rebounder, but he's only six six. And then Vanderplass, he's only 6'8". So, I mean, I don't think either of them will do great if they have to go up against Edwards for extended periods of time. So I think both teams are going to be going into that game saying, we need to attack the paint. Let's try to get this guy in foul trouble so that he has to sit because if you can get him, get him out of the game, that's going to be a big win for whoever." whoever can get that advantage.
0: Brandon, shed some light on this stat for me here. Virginia in its last two games shooting 44% from three-point range. Syracuse has just struggled with its three-point defense this year. Even Louisville comes in the other night as one of the worst offensive teams. Statistically, I test everything you can mention, in not only in the ACC but in the country, and they were able to have success and hit 11 three-pointers. So I'm looking at Virginia, who seems to have its act together there at least recently, and I'm saying, uh-oh, that could be a big boo-boo here. What's, what's the three-point shooting scenario here from the Cavs?
1: Well, uh, really, it depends on which Virginia you get. Like you mentioned, in their last two games, they were 10 of 22 against Georgia Tech and then 9 of 21 against Pitt. So, I mean, both, both of those is over 42%. That's great. But if you look at the five games before the, those two, they, uh, they did not shoot over 28%. They were shooting 23, 26, 27% in those five games. And I mean, they were jacking them up. We're talking 19 or more attempts from three in all five of those games and shooting under 28%. So if the UVA shooting we've seen in the last two games is what we get tomorrow, then Syracuse will definitely be in trouble, especially with their zone defense. But like I said, if it's you know, the five games before that where Virginia really struggled, uh, it could tip the scale to Syracuse, and I think a lot of that's going to depend on uh, UVA guard Armand Franklin. He's, uh, he's been really good the last two games from three, and he's kind of been the catalyst this season. If he's hitting from three, the team's going to be hitting from three, and it's going to make him so much more dangerous offensively. But if he's cold, it seems like the whole team catches it. I mean, he had a game against Miami where he was 0 for 7 from the field, and I think he was 0 for 3, 0 for 4 from 3. And they lost that game by two. So, again, you know, he makes one or two shots. They might have pulled that one out. So, I think if we see the shooting we saw in the last two games, Virginia should be okay. But, again, the five games before that, they were very cold from three. And I don't know if they can handle a game against that Syracuse zone defense where they're not hitting from deep
0: couple more for you here, Brent. I wanted to ask you specifically about Jaden Gardner. He needs one rebound to be the only active player in Division One with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. And, you know, familiar name there and somebody who's, you know, there's just so many players I look at on Virginia, and I'm like that alone could give Syracuse headaches, let alone the combination of these guys. But Gardner, his role, and, and just what Syracuse is up against tomorrow.
1: Well, with Gardner, uh, you're, we're definitely looking to see if he can bounce back. He had a, a really rough performance against Pitt. Mm. Defensively, several breakdowns that led to baskets in the second half, but also offensively, which is kind of his go-to position for Virginia. You know, That's their down-low, get-points get kind of guy. He was 2-7 of seven shooting, only finished with four points and three rebounds. It was the second-fewest points he scored all season. So I'm looking for him to really probably be assertive tomorrow and try to bounce back. He had a great game last Saturday against Georgia Tech, and uh, they were playing a lot of zone against him, and he was able to get shots, whether it was at the free throw line, the baseline. Uh, If Kihei or Reese were driving, he would slip behind a defender and get a lay-in. He did an amazing job last Saturday at figuring out ways to attack that zone. So I'm looking for him to probably be a little assertive and try to just get the funk from uh, that Tuesday Mm. loss off of his game.
0: Tony Bennett's legacy obviously well in place already there, but one more win and he is the all-time winningest coach at Virginia. That's a step back and you know reflect moment there. That's a pretty big deal. Just you know, tell me uh, the the Tony Bennett legacy. I mean, the championship, the numbers speak for themselves here. But just in, from your view about what he's meant to Virginia basketball and what that uh, record will mean for the program.
1: Uh I mean honestly I think he's he's about as a synonymous with the UVA basketball brand as anybody you know Ralph Sampson Terry Holland like you mentioned I mean I think he's just as big a name now and I think when it's all said and done and his time at UVA is finished I think not only will he be really looked at as like the greatest basketball coach in UVA history which he's pretty much already cemented that spot but I think people will probably hold his name in high enough regard that he'll be up there with the Deans, the Coach K's, the Jimmy B's, like those real big names that are just legendary in college basketball. I think he's going to eventually get his name etched up there with them. Just the amount of success he's had in such a short time building this program up. I mean, when he took over for Dave Lado, it was it was not a program that was thriving by any stretch. And he quickly turns it around. They're winning ACC regular season titles. They finally start winning ACC championships. I think he's got two ACC tournament titles. They only had one the entire time before him. He's got the only national title in school history. I mean, I think he's just done a phenomenal job. And when it's all said and done, not only will he be considered the best of all time at UVA, I think they'll hold him up there with the all-time greats of the ACC.
0: Brandon, thank you so much. Enjoyed the conversation here. Uh, We'll definitely catch up down the road when uh, the Orange and the Cavaliers uh, cross paths again. But uh, appreciate you making the time to drop some knowledge on us today, my friend.
1: Sounds great. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you, sir. That's Brandon Osborne. You should check him out on Twitter and on their uh, Wahoos 247 site as well for all insights on Virginia, a team that comes in. Uh, Tell me if this sounds like Virginia 5th nationally in assist turnover ratio Sixth in turnovers per game, and that's meaning they only turn the ball over less than 10 times a game. 13th in scoring defense, allowing just 59 points per game. 35th in free throw attempts. They get to the free throw line because, as we know, hashtag free throws matter. Syracuse's free throw percentage has been really good this year. 41st in free throws made per game. That's Virginia. That's Virginia. I think Brandon kind of shed a light on a lot of that. We'll talk more about this matchup, getting to the pick six, some final thoughts before the weekend hits as we continue here. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Don't go anywhere.